Let's just pray. Father, we come before your throne of grace, O Lord, this uh, evening time. We thank you for your children and your who have come and gathered under your, at your feet, O Master. Your Lord, just like Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and received from the word, and you commended her because she chose the better part. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because we have come to your feet and we know that we are not going to be disappointed because we choose the better part, O Master. Lord, the enemy has always cluttered our lives with so much stuff, but Lord, to make time for the Word of God has been a challenge for so, so many of us, O Lord. But Lord, we thank you because your spirit that always cries out, Abba, Father, and reminds us that at your feet, O Lord, that we can be nourished and grow and be built up, O Lord, and see all your glories of the person of Jesus Christ in our life. Lord, when we know that when He is revealed, Lord, we are made complete in every way. And Father, I pray this evening time, O Lord, that all the glory of Jesus Christ be revealed to every brother and every sister in a new and a full way, O Master, like we never seen before. Because you are faithful to your word, O Master. Let your word be expounded right, rightly and completely, O Master, in a way that brings glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I'm so excited about the word today. Uh, uh, I know you all guys are mature believers, so, uh, so I believe that you all are not going to sleep. <laughs> because we'll do some... Can we put the lights on? Uh, we'll, we'll get into some, some real deep teaching, right? Deep in the sense it's really not deep, but more scripture and create a well foundation to study and to grow. Amen? Are you all ready for it? Yes. Right? I mean, are you all ready? I mean, it's, or you'll just want a 30 minute quick preaching sermon, you know? I think we'll. <laughs> yeah, go to God. <laughs> Bobby, all the life teams are doing so well. Praise God. But I, I felt that you all are strong believers. And the more you are, the more, uh, the Bible says, the more you grow in the word of righteousness, the more mature you become, right? Now we are going past repentance, gone, grown past laying on of hands, look, going, we have gone past baptisms, we have gone past the giftings of the Spirit. Now the Bible says you become mature when you get feed on the word of righteousness. Wow, it's almost like, you know, that's where God, God is. But I, I think that God has a special thing that He wants to do today. Amen? Um, there's a lot of stuff, but I'm going to complete it. Hallelujah! <laughs> So if you, have to have, if you have to leave, please do silently. <laughs> but we are going to complete it because I think it is one full, complete topic, right? I mean, I, I, and we'll meet again after two months, you know? I don't want to break it up. Let's complete it and let's establish a good foundation. But therefore, I want to get started right away, okay? The title of the message today is Jesus, Your Resting Place. Jesus, your resting place. And let's let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. And everyone needs to have the Bible today. Uh, I'm going to say, you're going to, you, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you'll discover stuff that will build your life. Amen? Stuff that the enemy cannot shake the foundation. If you, if you know, if you have this word, you'll be far from oppression. How many of you love the word that came in to us? To a last life team, you know, the life team before that, the everlasting righteousness. Ramen? 
I mean, your righteousness is everlasting. Nothing can shake you, not because of what you and I do, but because of what Jesus did. In fact, Jesus said, because I live, you live. That's in one of his, uh, just before he was going to get crucified. He said, because I live, you live. Not because you live, I live. Not because you did something, therefore you live. He said, because I live, you live. That means because he was raised up, therefore you are victorious. Amen? So if there's, if there's one thing that has to get, that you need, you need to keep, uh, have no doubts about is the security of your salvation. Amen? So you say, no, Anil, I have still questions about it. And a lot of people had questions at the end of last, the life team before last time. Please feel free to discuss, you know, because I want you to get founded on your security and the anchor that is there in Christ Jesus. Nothing can shake you from your salvation. Amen? Jesus' plain words are very simple. It is the will of God. Now, Jesus is telling the disciples, it's my Father's will that I lose nobody. So he says, it's my Father's will that all that the Father has given me, I lose nobody. So let me ask you a question. Does God, Jesus do everything that his Father wants him to do? Yeah? So it is his Father's will that everybody that God has given to Jesus, he shall not lose anybody. Correct? So whose responsibility to keep you? Jesus. Jesus. So Jesus in John chapter 17, which is the conclusion of everything, that is a chapter I, I tell a lot of the believers, you know, you should know that chapter, you know, meditate on it all, because that's the chapter, the final, of Jesus talking directly to the Father. It's almost like a worker who's just finished his mission, and now he's reporting back to the headquarters and saying, Father, I finished the work, you're given me. And in the whole chapter, he's praying to Father, so we are just intruding, eavesdropping on that prayer. And in that prayer he makes a statement. He's talking to Jesus. He's not even telling the disciples. He said, Father, of all that you've given me, I have lost none. So he feel, so so your salvation is his responsibility. And Jesus said, anybody who comes to me, I by no means shall cast away. In fact he says John 3.16 says, For he for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but shall have what life? So everlasting life doesn't start after you die. It starts from the day you believe. So all your sins even after the days you believe is also covered. Amen? Amen? I mean nothing that... So you said can I, can I not sin anything crazy that will uh, get, my, get me off my salvation? Nothing. Because now sin has been paid up by Jesus Christ. Therefore there is no mention of sin for a believer. The Bible says, behold, when John saw Jesus, he said, behold the Lamb who? Takes away. Who? Takes away. Who? Takes not? Covers. Takes away. He's taken away sin. He's taken away sin. There is no opportunity for a believer to sin. Because he has taken away. Who's taken away sin? Jesus. He took away sin. So that was one of the major problems that was stumbling for man, the relationship that God had with man. In fact, the first temptation of man was what? What was the first temptation? What is the first temptation? That you shall eat of the knowledge of tree and life, right? Of all the temptations that Satan used, why did he use that temptation? 
Why didn't you use the temptation of why don't you kill Eve? <laughs> or Eve, why don't you kill Adam? Right? Or, or all kinds of temptation. Why did he choose that temptation? Why? Because God had a law saying that you shall not eat of the tree. So without a law, there is no sin. So now God has, Jesus has fulfilled all law. Therefore you are completely justified. So he, he, he removed the foundation for the accuser to accuse you. You see? So what he's done is he fulfilled it. So when he fulfilled it, he's fulfilled it. If somebody says to Alkesh, Alkesh has a mortgage on this house. Alkesh, do you still have a mortgage on this house? Okay. So we are believing that the mortgage is paid off, right? If somebody comes and says, I'm going to pay off the mortgage, correct? So what, somebody else brings that contract back to you and says, the bank comes and says, I'm going to occupy this house. What, you, what will Alkesh say? He'll go back into his closet and take out the contract papers which says that it has been fulfilled. Contract has been fulfilled. All the demand of the law has been satisfied in Christ Jesus. Correct? So, therefore, out of law came sin. So, sin has been taken away. Why? Not because of, in an unjust way, in a rightful way, because Jesus fulfilled the law. Amen? So, now the accuser cannot come as a believer and come and condemn you for your sin. He cannot. What, what standing can you say? Say, you broke the law. No, I did not break the law because there is no law now. I am, Jesus fulfilled the law. That's why I am saying, during this week, you will understand the importance of the finished work of Jesus like never before. Why? Because the enemy hates you and I to know the finished work of Jesus. If he can not get your eyes off the finished work of Jesus, he can constantly accuse you. Wow, there's so much stuff. But let's let's go to... So we studied about everlasting righteousness. You need to meditate on that, study the word as much as it builds our anchor. In fact, Hebrews is a powerful chapter on the security of your salvation. He's talking, uh, we'll talk about it later. He says, your security is so strong that this anchor that you have with Jesus Christ goes beyond the veil into the most holy place at the seat of Jesus Christ. That means your anchor is anchored there. (laughs) I mean, nothing can shake you. Can you imagine an anchor is as strong as what? When a ship drops an anchor, it is as strong as? No. The ground. No, or what? The ground? No. If the anchor is dragging along the ground, it is not secure. The ship is going to... You know, you know what's an anchor? Yes. If a, if a ship doesn't want to move, it will drop the anchor. The anchor has that prongs, right? The anchor goes down into the sea floor and gets entangled with a rock or something and it stops. Now, if the ship is strong and huge and heavy and the winds are blowing against it, it's going to pull against that anchor the sorry the anchor is going to pull against that rock or something that is holding it what will stop the movement of the ship how strong the rock is so your salvation as hebrew says is the, the anchor is in the most holy place with jesus so if your salvation is not secure it is because jesus is not secure correct so your anchor is as connected there. It nothing can you can do is going to get move you. Uh, let's put it this way: when you were a sinner, 
Was there anything good that you could do that would make you righteous? Right? I mean, suppose you did, but you did do righteous acts, correct? Right? Was there anything that you could do righteous that could save you? Can you? No. What makes you think that now that you are righteous, any sin that you will do will cause you to become a sinner back again? Because the work that Jesus did is more powerful than the work that Adam did. You see that? Adam did one sin and all of us became sinners. When Jesus redeemed us, his work is more powerful than what Adam did. Got it? So nothing that you can do can get you off the salvation. Not because of what you did, but what Jesus did. Amen? Once your focus starts moving from what you do in your daily life, more to do what, what Jesus finished, your security and your victory is enforced. You will anyway go to heaven. Anyway you sit here. But your victory here is more established. You will be far from oppression here. You will be victorious here. Amen? Amen. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. So Matthew chapter 11. Today we will study the, uh, the, uh, another major aspect of having everlasting righteousness. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 20, 29 and 30 and I'll read this. Now you know this verse. This is one of the very famous verses. He said, Jesus says, Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Then he makes a statement in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find Rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow. We know this passage, we know these words, but let's go, let's go a little deep in it. Man, if we can find what is this rest that Jesus is talking about and where we can receive it and how we can receive it, our lives can be so much more different the life that we can that we are living in. Right? Let's look at it very closely. He says, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Okay. So what. What is this labor? What is this labor? Let's go to John chapter 6. Verse 22. John chapter 6. Verse 22. And we'll rush quickly. John chapter 6. Verse 22. Let, let me give you a context out here. Here, Jesus just finished feeding the 5,000. So he left the place of that feeding of the 5,000, crossed over the Sea of Galilee and goes to Capernaum. So the people, now they are filled and they are happy, they have fish and the loaves. Now they all get, they all come. Apparently the news spread that Jesus is feeding food and free. And everybody is healthy. So all the people from all the surrounding towns, they run towards Jesus. Then they come to the place where he was being fed. And they found that Jesus has already left. So they all get on a boat. And then they jump on, on the boat and go to Capernaum. They land in Capernaum and they come and look at their response. Verse 22. On the following day when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no boat there except the one in which Jesus has entered... But, uh, and Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples and his disciples had gone away 
Then, verse 24, verse 24, when the people therefore saw that the Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. Look at that, okay? Verse 25, and when they found him on the other side of the sea, now he's in Capernaum, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And how did you get here so quickly? And you know the miracle that happened. Apparently, Jesus had told the disciples, Hey, you go ahead to Capernaum. I will come later. And Jesus continues to stay in that mountain and pray. Right? In the middle of the night, there's a storm. And Jesus comes walking on the water. You know that story. And, uh, and calms the storm. But when he gets into the boat, the boat immediately gets to Capernaum. <laughs> what a miracle. When Jesus gets in, all their labor is ended. Right? Look at that concept. Every time Jesus is in your boat, your labor ends. The other day, yesterday, I think, day before yesterday, I was meditating on one of the scriptures about this labor issue. You know, I was talking about thinking about labor. God was saying, look at the book of Jonah. Jonah was in the boat and the sea was in turmoil, right? And finally, Jonah knows what, what's the reason of the turmoil, right? But the sea is a sign of the oppressions of the enemy that comes against you. Every time flood and turmoil and waves are mentioned, it is the oppression of the enemy. So all of them are troubled. So what did Jonah tell the people in the boat? They said, take me and throw me into the sea. Right? So they, 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 they heard him, they believed him, but they refused to do it. What did they do? Right? They started throwing all the provisions out, but nothing happened. This is afterwards. If you want to go to Jonah, it's beautiful. I mean, just show you a picture. Remember, every scripture of the Old Testament is Jesus hidden. Every. I mean, you start seeing Jesus everywhere. If you start, remember I told you last, last times, once you understand righteousness, you will see Jesus. 